Today, we honor the late Martin Luther King Jr., whose imprint in the hearts and minds of many, especially African-Americans, has pushed us through the darkest times in history. He once said, I came to the conclusion that there is an existential moment in your life when you must decide to speak for yourself. Nobody else can speak for you. If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl, but by all means, keep moving. We must learn to live together as brothers or we may perish together as fools. We must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. Wow, so powerful. And as his I have a dream speech resonates in the hearts and minds of so many, we thank you for all you have done for us. And we honor you today. We're entering into a whole new decade. 2020 is coming up. We're about to do things differently and do things differently because 2019 was not the year that you expected it to be and it could have been so much more. But what I want to help you identify is those specific gifts and talents that you have, those blind spots and areas that you need to pay attention to, those gaps you need to fill, those values, and have that level of self-awareness so you can tap into your genius zone. Yes, I do actually mean a genius zone. We all have it. We all have these special skills within ourselves that that we just don't tap into like we need to. So I need you to write down this email address and email me so we can sit down and go through this assessment. That email address is info, I-N-F-O at AishaThomas.org, A-I-S-H-A-T-H-O-M-A-S dot O-R-G. Again, email me right away. And what we're going to do is provide you the tools that you need to make 2020 that year that you never expected. Welcome to 2020. And Internal Fire introduces you to Fireproof. And in these next few weeks, we're going to talk about some heavy stuff. So listener discretion is advised. In these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about some infamous people. People that might no longer be living and some people who are. And what we'll be doing is identifying the child behind the abuser, the child behind the predator, the child behind the school shooter. And by no means should these people not be held responsible for their actions, but we will identify some key things that I want you to realize the importance of getting your mental health help, especially for our young people. Because what if these people had gotten the help that they needed when they were children? Would they have still become the predators, the abusers, the school shooters, the serial killers that they did become? Welcome to 2020, and let's focus on how we can start to save our young people and save our own mental health. 
2020 is the year of vision, but what I want to do is instill that same type of sight within our young people, within the next generation of leaders. So what I want you to do is grab a copy of my book, Trendsetter, Seven Steps to Radically Stand Out to Be the Best You. Available on Amazon.com or on my website, AishaThomas.org. So you can gift that to a young person so they are aware of their gifts and talents and the things that they need to do to be radically confident. We want to decrease these suicide rates and make our young people, the next generation of leaders, understand their greatness. So grab a copy today. Buy it for your friends that have children. Buy it for your mentees. Buy it for the young people in your community so we can change their mindset as they lead in the next generation. No one has allegedly murdered two people and then played an entire season as a professional athlete. I can't wait to be free. I'm Aaron Hernandez from Bristol, Connecticut. I play at Bristol Central High School. Aaron Hernandez was a different level of athlete. He was kind. He wasn't someone who picked on other kids. He's one of the best players in America. Get him the ball. The Patriots reward him with a $40 million contract. Aaron Hernandez was a ticking time bomb. The why is the story here. He was out to prove something, like a tough guy all the time. He had a second residence. The flop house. He had trouble with drugs, with guns. Aaron was absolutely operating on the edge. New England Patriot Aaron Hernandez was arrested this morning at his residence. Aaron was accused of murdering Odin Lloyd, his future brother-in-law. How can an individual who has everything get involved in something like this? Aaron Hernandez, born November 6th of 1989. A star athlete who later on became an All-American at both high school and the University of Florida. He would then go on to be drafted to play for one of the top teams in the NFL, the New England Patriots, as a tight end. And he even had an opportunity to play in the Super Bowl. But unfortunately, that football career, those millions of dollars in his contract that he got, will come to an end when he was charged with the murder of semi-pro footballer Odin Lloyd who happened to also be his fiance sister's future husband. He was convicted of the crime and sentenced to life in prison without parole. And two years later, he committed suicide in his jail cell. This is a tragic story, but as I've been introducing you all, we wanna look at the child behind Aaron Hernandez. What happened in his life for him to get to this point where he went from All-American, playing in the Super Bowl, millions of dollars in a contract, just living the best life, to now ending up in prison and later on taking his life? Let's look at his story to get a better understanding of what got him to this point. Now, Jonathan Hernandez is trying to make sense of his brother's troubled life. He sits down with Dr. Oz to talk about their painful past, revealing intimate details from his book titled The Truth About Aaron, My Journey to Understand My Brother. Do I think Aaron was sexually abused? I know he was. 
Jonathan says that abuse began when Hernandez was six years old. He also details physical abuse they both endured at the hands of their father. He was our king. He was our leader. And he, you know, it's just that was our dad. And but there were times with alcohol where he would come home and if it wasn't a good day, you know, you felt it. A secret kept from most who knew the family. So we heard from Aaron's brother that he dealt with sexual trauma. Now, it is really interesting that that has been the common link that we've discussed in these stories I've shared. And that is not on purpose. It just happened that that is the common trend. And those effects do attach themselves to each one of these individuals the same way or it can be different. And those effects include anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, flashbacks, or even eating disorders. It can cause them to avoid people in places that remind them of the assault or abuse. They might feel like less than a man or that they no longer have control over their body. Some even have concerns or questions about sexual orientation. And that was one of the things that they talked about in this story is that he potentially dealt with that. And although those words were never uttered out of his mouth, that could be something that affects a child who deals with sexual trauma, especially if it's someone that has abused them that is of the same sex. They might feel on edge. They might deal with withdrawal or worrying for fear or judgment or disbelief of what happened to them. So it is something that plagues young boys as well. And of course, a lot of times men and boys tend not to talk about the abuse that they happen, especially men. It's cliche. They feel like less than a man. So you might hear less reports of that happening, which is something that's really hard. So for the men out there, if you have been abused and we've heard men share those stories, it's so important that you come out and share because it doesn't make you less than a man and you need that help as well. But the reality is, is that a lot of young boys and men do not share this information because it's cliche. They feel like less than a man and some of them feel like they will be judged or they might be looked at differently if they share that information. And we also learn that he grew up in a household where there was abuse in the household, which could also affect the social and the cognitive development of that child, where they can become aggressive and lash out at the smallest provocation and become even completely withdrawn or submissive. As we heard a lot of times, Aaron did lash out later on in life, and it could have been because of that. But we also know that he also lost his father later. And finally, his father dealt with alcoholism and approximately 28 million children have an alcoholic parent. And that also means that that child runs the risk of becoming an alcoholic themselves. And we end up finding that Aaron Hernandez becomes addicted to marijuana and doing drugs. And that might be something that is connected to these traumas and these experiences that he's been through. Him trying to find a coping mechanism to deal with all the trauma that he was experiencing, especially the trauma of losing his father. His father was pretty strict. I mean, he told me his father used to make him to shoot 500 shots before he went sometimes to play with his, his friends. His dad clearly kept them anchored. I saw a closeness with them that I had never seen before. There was something about Dennis and, um, and Aaron, the way they intertwined. It was just, it was, it was magic in my eyes. But in a heartbeat, that closeness is gone. 
I was sitting in math class with another teammate. Phone rang. Um, teacher went to go pick up the phone. And then uh, she said, you need to go up to the coach's room. Coach walks in and he says, Dennis has passed away. Dennis Hernandez, Aaron's father, his anchor, dies after routine hernia surgery. It hits 16-year-old Aaron hard. He was just sad. He couldn't, he couldn't stop the tears. felt uncomfortable just to see him so hurt. I felt bad for him. That father-son relationship comes up in conversations with Sheriff Thomas Hodgson, who runs the jail where Hernandez was held for a year before being moved. Clearly, at 16 years old, losing your father, it would be very easy to fall into the, the lifestyle of following people that don't help you make the best choices. So now Aaron has lost his anchor. And not only that, his mother moved on fairly quickly and even moved in a new partner. And that really affected Aaron. And he decided that he was going to veer off of the path that his father created for him to go to the University of Connecticut and be with his brother. And he decided to go to college in Florida. And based on the attachment theory, children who deal with loss can have a lot of emotional problems. That includes depression. They could become worried upset. They could have emotional issues and they might show poor performance in school and even have behavioral issues at home or even in school. So following that, Aaron got into drugs heavily and he not only started that, he started to hang out with the bad crowd. He started to connect with people who were into a lifestyle that was not the best for him. He started to get into fights and get involved in things and even start carrying guns because he was troubled. So one thing led to another thing, led to another thing. And now he has two lifestyles where he shows up as he has it all together. And he's his all-star football player. But on the other side, he's playing gangsta and living a whole nother side that a lot of people did not know about. Chris Hodgson was in charge of keeping an eye on Hernandez. I've talked to him at length. There's a warmth. Uh, in, within this person. What went wrong? Learned behaviors and the environment that people grow up in have an incredible influence on who we become. He acted in a manner um, like a tough guy all the time, like is the way I would explain it. He, um, he didn't really like people staring at him. He had a problem with things that most people don't have a problem with. He bumped into Mr. Hernandez you know, his drink splashed up and spilled on Mr. Hernandez and some got on myself as well. How much of the drink? A lot of it or a little or? No, just like, <clears throat> like a splash more or less. He said, he wound up saying yo again. And then they turned and then he started firing rounds into their vehicle. So instead of Aaron following the path where he would end up with his brother in, at UConn, he decided, I'm going to go elsewhere. And although he signed a wonderful contract with the New England Patriots, he decided to get connected with friends and circles that were pretty shady. And what you were hearing was the testimony of that one good friend that he once had, that confidant, that now is testifying against him for a second set of charges that he had up against him after he was found guilty 
of killing, killing the partner to his fiance's sister. It was a traumatic moment for that family, a family that probably will never be the same. Families who have lost loved ones, families that were totally torn apart. But he chose to connect with people that weren't the best for him. People that were into drugs, guns. He started to carry guns because of paranoia. He was just dealing with a lot of demons. So although he was this budding and this great football star and one side, he wore another mask of this gangster and this person that was struggling with so many different demons. And it's unfortunate because what if he did connect with his brother and went to the same school? What if he did take the advice of his coaches and connected with the people in the team and just follow their protocol? There might've been a totally different outcome. But again, the realities are when you're struggling with trauma, when you're struggling with so many issues, Regardless of the fame and the fortune, regardless of the machine behind you that was trying to develop you into something different, until you work on those things, until you decide that I need to make that change or something flips, you can still end up going down a very dark path. And unfortunately, Aaron Hernandez had been sentenced to life in prison. And although he beat the second case, he still was tormented by so much, which led him to eventually commit suicide. I grew up around addiction, and I believe this is the, the, the equal of, a, of addiction. He was addicted this, to a lifestyle. He, he was addicted to a lifestyle where he wasn't happy unless he was going on the edge to over the edge and live, living the secret life of a criminal, of a gangster. And that's what made him the happiest because you, you couldn't have a more blessed path than he had. He goes to Florida. He's the Gatorade player of the year in Connecticut. He goes to Florida, plays for, you could argue, the best coach in America with Tim Tebow, and you go win a national championship yeah. with Percy Harvin. And then you, you get to go to the dynastic New England Patriots, and you get to play with the greatest quarterback ever and arguably the greatest coach ever. After a bunch of teams had taken him Take, off the board. I, I, I think about 90% of them took him off the board. Smack so dab in the middle of a dynasty. Blessed, 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 blessed. And it didn't matter. This is a true reminder that, as Will Smith said, just because you have fame and fortune and accolades, does that mean your trauma goes away? I think that was a powerful message that I heard this past week. And that is the truth. You hear in this previous piece how Aaron Hernandez had everything laid out for him. He was blessed, blessed, blessed. He was a powerhouse on the football field. But it did not complete him. He was still missing something. He was still affected by his trauma, potential trauma from the CTE. So many things he was dealing with. And that combination with the negative relationships he was a part of and the bad people he started to hang around, it became a spiral of darkness that unfortunately equaled to the loss of life. He killed himself. And there were other people that were affected by this. So what if? What if he got the help that he needed when he was sexually abused? What if he got the help he needed when he was in a household that although his father got him to the level that he got to because of the sternness and the push that him and his brother got as young boys on the football field, he was still in a household where there was a lot of trauma. But what if... 
What if it was different? What if he got the healing he needed when he lost his father and he was able to establish a better relationship with his mother and even get surrounded by better people and and if he made the right decisions? What if? But unfortunately, that's not what happened. And this is another story that ends in tragedy. So again, I push you listeners to please get the help that you need Get your children the help that they need because you never know what you might preventing them from going through or you might actually be stopping a future of pain and hurt that might affect more people than you know. So what can you do if you realize that your child or someone close to you is dealing with some type of abuse or some issues that they've been dealing with? Always remember to listen. Many people in crisis feel as though no one understands them and that they are not taken seriously. So make sure you're giving them your undivided attention. Also validate their feelings. Sometimes it's easy for us to say it will get better, but say things like, I believe you, or that sounds like a really hard thing to go through. Try not to tell them to manage their emotions, like snap out of it. You shouldn't feel so bad. Remember, validate those feelings in a positive way. Express concern. Say things like, I care about you. I am here about you. Don't ask for details of the assault. However, if a survivor chooses to share those details with you, try your best to listen in a supportive and non-judgmental way. And finally, let them know what resources are out there. There's law enforcement that can that needs to be involved because I think that young people need to see accountability held. They need to know they're protected. So by you filing that report, they know that that person is being held accountable for the hurts and the things that they did for them, did to them, excuse me. And also find them support. There's helplines out there. Rain.org helps survivors of sexual abuse. So you can call them at 800-656-HOPE. They're available 24-7 or go to online.rain.org. You also can go to sites like jimhopper.com or millsurvivor.org if you're dealing with a male or a young boy who is a survivor of sexual abuse. Just so you can get understanding in ways you can help them. You can also go to the Mental Health Treatment Locator on the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration's website, and they can provide you with a center that can provide the needs that you have for therapy or mental health. And if you do have health care, reach out to your health care provider and ask them for a referral. But remember, get the help you need if you're a survivor, if you've been through trauma, but also please get the help that our young people need because you never know how that can benefit them in the future so they don't end up going down a path of destruction. And although not everyone ends up going to these depths that we're seeing in these stories, but you never know what could happen if you don't seek help. The fire within Speak Fire is so lit right now. What's up, guys? This is Aisha Thomas, your host of Internal Fire, inspiring you from the inside out. And I want to introduce you to the other podcast within the Speak Fire family. And don't forget that Speak Fire with the Y. Check out our new podcast by Cornelius D. We have Champion Fire, inspiring the champion within you. If you're a father, if you have families, make sure you check out Jody S.'s podcast called Father's Fire. And you also want to check out Leadership Fire, hosted by 
by Michael G, Student Fire, hosted by Bobby B, Young Fire, hosted by Sean B, and make sure you tune into our new episodes that drop every Monday. Get your fire sparked. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I really appreciate all of your support. Make sure you follow me on all social media platforms on at Miss Aisha Speaks. That's M-S-A-I-S-H-A-S-P-E-A-K-S. And don't forget to check out my website, AishaThomas.org. And make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. And while you're there, make sure you leave a dope comment.